if you're visiting with us for the first time, we welcome you. Happy New Year to everyone. I was listening to a service on the way up here, and the person doing the welcome at that particular church, I think it was a Presbyterian church in LaGrange, and the person said, I want to welcome the righteous remnant. And I thought, I don't know who keeps up with these type of things, but they say that this is the least attended Sunday of the year. But hey, we're here. Um, So I want to make a few announcements just in passing. We have calendars for January available. So am I in an elevator? I feel like I'm in an elevator. (laughs) My apologies. Um... Calendars for January are available. No activities tonight. Hoping your family ring in the new year well. But I want to thank those of you who have volunteered for either nursery or children's church for 2024. If you did, then at the welcome table counter there, there, there's a list of when your dates are for the whole year. So you can grab one of those, put it on the refrigerator, and you'll know ahead of time uh, when your Sunday is. You do get a notification as to when your Sunday is, but uh, if you're like me, I like to know somewhat in advance. Um, Other than that, I don't have any other particular announcements. Um, I know that Jeff is our scripture reader today. Darrell and Janet have been extremely sick all week, so continue to pray for them and uh, Darrell texted us this morning and said today is his worst day yet so I don't know what he has but um, it's bad and and they're in Ephesus this morning where where they and we uh, know they 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 should be so Jeff why don't you come up and read our passage Uh, it's a passage that helps us think about time and what to do with it so thank you Jeff Good morning, and Happy New Year. I'll be in the bed tonight when the New Year rolls in. I'm not going to stay up. But it's kind of interesting when uh, when Darrell texted me this morning and said that he was feeling under the weather, asked me to fill in, so he said we're going to be reading out of James chapter 4, 13 through 17, and I kind of reckon, in my mind, I said, I think I know what this is, and I mentioned to Neil earlier today that when he came in that this is the passage for the new year and I'm sure when I start reading it uh, you'll recognize it so James starts out uh, chapter 4 verse 13 come now you who say tomorrow today or tomorrow we shall go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow you are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to one who, therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. And that's a good message because if you're like me, sometimes we get ahead of God. You know, we go ahead and pray and we think, Hey, I want to do this, I want to do that. But sometimes we get ahead of God and then we step in a mud puddle. But when you step in that mud puddle, if you turn around and look, God's back there going, no, I I didn't mean for you to go that way. So as you plan, you know, you're all going to have New Year resolutions. But we need to plan everything every day and for the rest of our lives. Is is it God's will? And that's what I try to do. But like I said, sometimes, sometimes I get ahead of him, but... Thankfully, he's, he's a patient shepherd, and he'll go to me, and he'll, he'll draw me back in. So just hope everybody has a wonderful uh, new year. Hopefully, if God wills, the same group of people, new people will be here uh, this time next year. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your grace and your mercy and your love, and so thankful that we made it through another year, Lord. Some of us had valleys some people were on the mountains lord but i know when i'm in the valley all i have to do is look up to the top of the mountain and you'll help me get there lord just slept up derail and all the other people on the prayer list that were mentioned this morning in sunday school classes and we know you have a will for their lives we just pray that you bless them bless each and every one of us and be with neil today as he delivers a message be with stephanie as he leads us into music and 
let's not just sing the words or hear the message. Let's take it into our hearts and apply it throughout our lives. Thank you for the many sacrifices you've given. And the sacrifices you asked us to give aren't, doesn't compare to nothing that you did by sacrificing your only son. And Jesus, we thank you for not only your word and how you taught us, all the words that were written about you, how you taught us to live better lives, but thank you for going for the cross to pay for my sins and the sins of the world. And it's Jesus' name I pray, amen. Good morning, everyone. Oh, good morning, everybody. <laughs> if you'll stand, we're going to begin with singing Heart the Herald Angels Sing. Christian men rejoice. Soul and voice now. 
was born to say, calls you one and calls you all to gain his everlasting hall. Christ was born to say, Christ was born to save. You may have a seat. Did you? 
Stand with us once more. We are going to continue in worship singing We Three Kings of Orientar. second grade may meet Miss Katrina in the back and third through fifth you may get your slap packets in the back man if you turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2 uh, based on our hymn selection this morning we are still celebrating the birth of Christ the coming of Christ into the world and into our lives so we are going to Look at a familiar birth passage uh, in Luke chapter 2. But our question today is, how do we live in light of the coming of Christ in the world? In other words, for the last four Sundays, we have focused on the great themes of Advent. Hope, peace, love, and joy. But your challenge is probably similar to mine. As we move from the holidays into every day, how is it possible to live hopefully, peacefully, lovingly, and joyfully? 
Uh, fortunately, God has provided us in Christ and the gospel the resources that we need. So today, uh, from Luke chapter 2, I hope and pray that we can be guided into uh, how we open up and enjoy the gift of Christ on a daily basis. This is an everyday gospel for everyday people in everyday life. Everyday gospel, everyday people, everyday life. I, I want to share with you from my heart a little bit of what kind of inspired me to share this. I've got a friend who now lives in Florida. He used to live in LaGrange, and on Christmas morning, I saw his post on Facebook, and it made me sad because I love this guy. Uh, he usually has a lot of joy and passion and energy. But on Christmas Day, at the end of the day, his post to the public was pretty much this, another depressing day. Christmas Day. And I was sad for this man, and so I began to think, how can we guide others, and how can we be guided, okay, from despair into hope, from frustration into peace, from hatred and anger into love, and from sadness into joy. If this is real, and I believe that it's real, then you and I ought to be, be able to, to find the way again uh, to trans, transition as we transition into a new year back into the, the things and the gifts that, that, that Christ brings to us. But we are fallen people living in a sinful, fallen, broken world. And so that is a daily challenge. So what I want to say from the get-go is that we tend to overemphasize the holidays while underemphasizing the daily disciplines. We overemphasize the holidays, we put a ton of pressure on ourselves and the break and all that that entails, but we, we underestimate and we undervalue the daily disciplines that God calls us to in the Christian life. So let me get to the text. And I'm going to spend two weeks in this. I've got five really good points. And I thought, that's this is way too much. You know me better than probably I know myself. Uh, so we're going to get two today and, and three next week. So now, now you've got to come back, back next week. Um, Luke chapter 2, I'm going to start with verse 8. This is familiarity, okay? But do not let that breed contempt. In the same region, there were some shepherds. They were staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. An angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news, that's gospel, of a great joy which shall be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign. Follow the signs, right? Watch your signs. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, peace among men with whom he is pleased. So from the beginning there are our themes. Hope, peace, love, joy. You could preach Advent with what I've already read. And I suggest you preach Advent to yourself from what I have read. Do it every day. Think through it throughout the day. You say, well, who can do that? Well, God has commanded us to do that, and he's provided the help to do that. We fall short of it. 
but still we are called to try. Verse 15, so it came about that when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, this was their response. The shepherds began saying to one another, what do you think? I think we should go. Well, let's go. Let us go straight to Bethlehem then, and let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has, has made known to us. God revealed to them something wonderful. Now it's their move. It's, it's their move next. And so they go. Um, and so verse 16, they, they had energy. They, they, they left the sheep behind. Who knows what happened to them while they were gone. But in verse 16, they came in haste and they, they look, I love this, they found their way. They found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known. They start telling to Mary and Joseph and whoever else might have been there this statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered. Wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary, for whatever reason, Luke spotlights and highlights Mary and her thought life, what's going on underneath the surface. And this is where we're going to be next week. But Mary, look, she treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And so the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. We'll stop there. Father, help us. To truly love and appreciate the gospel, this wonderful, powerful, supernatural event, which is your grace, your gift to each of us. May we open this gift not only on Sunday mornings or New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve. May we open this daily in our hearts and our minds and our souls so that we can live hopefully, joyfully, lovingly, caringly, worshipfully, all that you call us to be and to do uh, can be empowered by this good news. May that happen in me. May it happen in each of us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I had a grandfather who was a Baptist minister. A lot of you have heard me talk about him. I, I've told this almost annually, but one year he did not take down his Christmas tree. <laughs> I kid you not, he kept it up all year. He didn't put up his Christmas tree, or put it away, but rather he kept it up. On July the 4th, he plugged it in. <laughs> Whole community thought he was nuts. But man, he looked like the smartest guy in town come November <laughs> when he was already ready for Christmas. I mean, what does it take? What does it take to truly enjoy and live the life that God has called us to live? Because this is the ideal, isn't it? This is the ideal. We preach the ideal, and then there's the, and there's the daily grind. And as a family, we dread going back to school. We dread going back to work. We dread the daily routine. The shepherds went back, but they went back in a different way. They, they, they went back different people. And so what I want us to see is how, it, to me, this is, a, this is a worship service, a small gathering, a worship service of, of shepherds and Mary and Joseph around Jesus. It is, it is a, a holy moment, a sacred moment, a, a worshipful moment. And I think there's a lot in here for me and you to learn about how to respond to Christmas in 2024 and with all the things that are going to happen that we didn't see coming, that we may have hoped were coming, and then all the other things that happen on, on a daily basis. So what I did, I've got five words. Gather, wonder, treasure, ponder, and praise. Those are five helpful words. They are action words. They tell us what to do. 
And, and I got these words from the text and how those who were called by God and this good news to go and respond, this, this is what they did. They, they gathered, they wondered, they treasured, they pondered, and they praised. So if you don't make it next week, there are the five ways that you open this gift every day and live or transition into more of a life of hope, peace, love, and joy. This can't happen once a year. This has to happen on a daily, regular basis. So here's my first word, gather, gathering, the importance of gathering. Now I want to apply this individually in that I must gather with God and His Word and pray and seek and think, gather personally around His Word. Then we are also called to gather corporately on a regular basis with, with God's people. And, and, and I think we see this here. What I notice that the shepherds do is they say to each other, there, there's obviously more than one, this is plural, let us go and see. Let us go and see. They searched. They looked. They found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby. And then when they got there, they all began sharing with one another what was going on. It, it's, a, it's a beautiful scene. It is a necessary scene. If you look at what they do, they go and they see and they hear and they tell. They go, they see, they hear, they tell. This involves their feet, it involves their eyes, it involves their ears and their voices and their hearts. They fought inertia. They fought laziness, and they moved, they moved away from their momentary responsibilities, and they obeyed God's call to go and see. This is the first step, always, to obey the command from God to go and see and hear for ourselves. The Bible promises over and over, if you seek Him, you will find Him. Seek Him with all your heart. I heard somebody say passively a few weeks ago that, that God allows U-turns, and He does. But then I thought on a greater level, God commands U-turns. God doesn't just call us to seek. God commands us to seek. For us to take the initiative to respond to this grace and go and move and so for you and me, this is the challenge first thing every morning. We're busy people. We're overloaded people. We're overwhelmed people. But if you'll just take the personal step to open and see and hear, and re even if it's just for a moment, gather around God's Word and with God's people. Obviously, this is how we appropriate God's grace into our lives. So this time of year, normally first of the year, we all make resolutions and we all hear preachers say things like, in this year, deepen your prayer life, be more engaged with your Bible reading, be more engaged with your worship, and so forth. The shepherds are great models of this. Uh, when my son Asa played baseball growing up, every now and then some of the kids on his team would get in a slump. And we had a parent in the stands that every now and then he would tell those kids, hey, do something different this time, right? I thought, whoa, this kid's coming up to bat. He hadn't had a hit in three months. And the, the, the guy's saying from the stands, do something different, right? This, what you're doing isn't working. Now, we may think that that's cruel and unusual punishment. But have you ever applied this to yourself? The shepherds make adjustments. They make moves. They make changes. 
And when we get out of our normal stuck-in-myself routines and start to move towards God and move towards where He's working and move towards what He's seeing and doing, we can see and experience His grace in new ways, in powerful ways. We can't keep doing what we're doing and expect to get more than we are currently getting. What changes do I need to make? What moves do you need to make? All of us are called to grow into more of Christ and Christ's likeness. Look for the sign. There are signs in the Word. There are signs around. Engage the senses. I love what this passage says about our senses. What do you mean by that? Seeing with your eyes. Hearing with your ears. Feeling with your heart, the gospel, the Bible, the messages that God has to us, for us in his word. My problem and your problem is we're forgetful. We are forgetters. And that's why God commanded us to regularly gather together in worship and to regularly gather around the Lord's table. where we do this in remembrance of Christ. What do we do? We each take the bread. We each drink the cup. We each reflect individually on taking in the gospel of Jesus and His life and feeding us, nourishing us, reminding us, coaching us, guiding us with our eyes, our ears, our minds, and how important we are to one another. I need you. You need me. We need to tell each other the stories and the experiences and the testimonies that, that encourage us and build us up. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of Him. Fail not to uh, assemble yourselves together. This, is, this command to gather is throughout the Scriptures. Luke's Gospel ends with a gathering. There were two on the road to Emmaus and they did not know that Jesus had risen. But it says after they realized that the person that they had been talking to on the road to Emmaus was the risen Christ. Their eyes were opened. Their ears had heard. Their hearts were moved. And it says at that very hour they went back to Jerusalem and they found gathered together the eleven and those who were with them. And they began to say to one another, build up one another, encourage one another, the Lord has really risen. He's appeared to Simon. And then they began to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of bread. That ends Luke's gospel. But it doesn't end the story because the early church then began to gather together and they ate together, they sang together, they prayed together, they met together. They continued to gather. I send out my notes usually every Saturday morning. I heard from one of you, I'm not going to say who it is, but this morning I got a text from one of you that shared with me the benefits this person gets from gathering. Let's call a time out and say that this person said, after reading the notes and knowing where I'm going, this is what this person gets out of gathering. Number one, fed like a fine meal. The Word feeds us. Love feeds us. Number two, friendships beyond Facebook. <laughs> I like that. Uh, fellowship, with an E-D, fellowshiped. Two fellows in a ship. Uh, number four, listen for your talk and learn. Number five, help, discover. Number six, blessed by, here we go, I like this, babies, seniors, crafty youth, students, study teachers, musicians, poets, laureates, guys in overalls. And number seven, filled with joy from stories that you just can't make up. That's just one person's testimony, and I appreciated it. 
But it's good to gather together where we know here on day 365 that you and I are not alone. As I look around here and see all of you, as you hear and see and tell and feel, man, what a blessing all of you have been to my life. What a blessing you are to each other. I don't think there's a single person in here who wouldn't do whatever they could do to help you along the way. And you need to get to know one another. We need to gather together and serve and love. And let's encourage and edify. Man, what a beautiful scene at the manger, okay? But that was, that was only the beginning. All right, let me move on to point number two. You're thinking, man, we're half done. <laughs> There's only, every sermon ought to have one, one point. This morning you got two. The second thing that I notice here is not only do they gather, but they wonder. And by this, I don't mean doubtful wonder, like, I wonder what's up with this. Not, not that kind of wonder. I mean awe. I mean astonishment. Astonishment and amazement. So they go, and in verse 18, all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. They were, they were in awe. They were moved. This was huge. The other night, late in the day, I think it was Wednesday, I was sanding a concrete floor on the back porch where we were, where we're still. It's literally slower than Christmas, but we're, we're going to get there. And I run in this there, you know, and I looked up, and oh my, the most beautiful sunset I had seen in a while was there painting the western sky. I was caught off guard, it was so beautiful. When I got home on social media, it was post after post of other people who had seen that exact same sunset. And people were like, wow, that's amazing. Childlike wonder on a daily basis is possible if you will set something beautiful and wonderful before your eyes. It's hard to live in wonder if you never see anything wonderful. So what's our problem? Well, the Bible calls us to continual childlike wonder. It's like, the, like Christmas morning as a child. It's hard for us as adults to reproduce that. You come down and there's the gifts and there's the family. It's just all, it all seems so larger than life. But what ends up happening, we, we get too big and we get bigger than our britches and we start to become self-sufficient and independent and who needs this stuff anymore and and, 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 you know, it, it kind of loses some of its luster and its, and its wonder. It didn't for the shepherds. It didn't for Mary. They were in awe and wonder over what God had done. And his in, invitation to them to come and see. This was huge. <laughs> This was big. And at times we're so stuck on ourselves and our circumstances, we become petty and critical, looking down on things, rather looking up at the bigness of God and the goodness of His grace. We become proud and self-sufficient. We become too adultish. I read a book one time that had a lot in it about a homeless guy. I think the name of the book was Same Kind of Different as Me. I put that in my notes. But what I, what I remember from this book is this homeless man who every day he would wake up would say something like this to himself. I'm alive. I woke up. His life was so desperate and so difficult that he was truly amazed with wonder that that he even was still here. Have we lost sight that life is a sacred gift from God? What do we have that we did not receive? 
live a wonderful life by setting the wonder of God and His love before you every single day. It is truly wonderful what the Lord has done. Truly wonderful what the Lord has done. George Beverly Shea on the Billy Graham Evangelistic Trails. Wonder of wonders that thrills my soul. Just to think, just to think that God loves me. Have you lost wonder at the idea of the gospel applied to you? And wonders of his love. Wonders of his love. Wonders of his love. You can then start to think to yourself, uh, it's a wonderful world. How? If you see the bigness and the goodness of God's wonderful grace. Yeah, I know life stinks and then you die. That's true on one particular level. But there is a wonder of wonders that transcends and transcends that. And that is God's powerful grace. They wondered. They wondered. C.S. Lewis has this interchange with young Lucy and Aslan the lion who is the Christ figure. And at one point, Lucy says to Aslan, as she's grown older now, as you follow the Chronicles of Narnia, and Lucy says, Aslan, she says, you're bigger. And Aslan says, no, I'm not bigger. It's because you are older, little one, that makes me seem bigger. And then he says this, Aslan to Lucy, every year you grow, you will find me bigger. I think that's Christian maturity. Every year you grow, you ought to find God a whole lot bigger. You know, we're born, we're the center of the universe. Everybody's doting over us. Then as you grow older and you mature, you realize that life's, life's not about me. Man, it's so much bigger than me. Life is about God and His grace and His wonder and His bigness and His majesty and His glory. And rather than diminishing us, that actually lifts us up and encourages us and gives us strength. Who can live with the pressure of having everything depend upon you? Nobody can. But we're part of a bigger story. A God-sized story. Here at Christmas, one of the things that we did a couple of times was as a family, all of us, the five boys and, and Tracy and then, and then Eli's wife, Ren, we, we, we like to gather around and pl play board games. We were playing this game, and I recommend this game, it's called herd mentality. It's not hard to learn. It's not hard to play. But what you're trying to think of is what everybody else is thinking of. And the people who think the most of what everybody else is thinking of, the herd mentality, you get points. <laughs> so all you got to do is think like everybody else thinks. That sounds like the world. But one particular question went like this. What's, what's the biggest thing you can think of? And I can't remember what the other answers were. Uh, one answer was the sun. One answer was this, the earth. Uh, Sam and I put the universe. <laughs> so I couldn't think of anything bigger than the universe. But there is something bigger than the universe. And that's God's amazing grace. You know, the Apostle Paul never lost sight of the wonder that God chose him and called him and intervened in his life on the road to Emmaus. So what I want us to do is practice something, okay? If you want to live a life of wonder, you've got to learn to do this, all right? So this is like the coach in baseball telling you, okay, look, take your glove and you go down to the ground, you pick up the ball and you think you know what you're doing, but then they point out some fundamentals that you need. All right, let, so here's what we do. We open the Bible, open your Bible, you still with me? We got, hey, we still got time back there. I can see the clock. 
if you don't do this in here, if you don't do this in here, I'm going to be Daniel Gall who used to go to this church. He used to say, if you can't share it here, how do you think you're going to share it out there, right? He was challenging us. So look, here's what you do. You take your Bible on a Monday morning, a Tuesday morning, a, a Thursday night, whenever you've got time, at work, at home. I'm not going to go there. But anyway, look at Ephesians 3. Okay, will you do, can we do this together? This is just, a pra- this is practice, okay, for everyday life and everyday gospel in, 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 for everyday people. This is what you do. You, you open your Bible up and you turn to a passage and your pastor just said Ephesians 3, so we're going to go to Ephesians 3. And what we're looking for is when life is dull and I'm sluggish and I want to quit and I don't want to go anymore and I don't want to do anymore. Hey, you think we're exempt? I knew a guy who on a Sunday morning says, I ain't going today. He said, I'm tired of those people. They're tired of me. I don't like those people. They don't like me. And this went on and on and on on a Sunday morning. And the wife looked down and eventually says, you're the pastor. You are going. (laughs) So anyway, wonder is what we're looking for. Wonder that, that transcends all the other petty, critical, negative, hateful issues of life, and, and, and they abound, okay? Look at what Paul says. Are you there? Ephesians 3, 14, all right? I don't do this much, but Charles Stanley did it all the time. He, he, he would open his Bible, and that's the way he preached. He flipped to different passages, and the people there at First Baptist Atlanta, they were flipping along with him. There, there's something to be said about that. Um, anyway, look at 3.14 of Ephesians. For this reason, he says, I bow before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. We're all created in the image of God by God the Father, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man. That's what happened to the shepherds. That's what happened to Mary right there at the manger. And it happened to the Apostle Paul years later as he ministered the gospel to churches. And then in verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you, yes, you, me, you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints, all the church, what's the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know, to know it, to experience, to feel it, to hear it, see it, have it move your heart and life, to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that's at work within us, and the gospel, every day, for everyday people, for everyday life, it's a power working within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. What a prayer. What a wonder. And I don't know about you, but on a Tuesday afternoon, you're picking up the kids from school. This is the kind of news and power that you and I need to live hopefully, joyfully, lovingly, faithfully. Ah, we forget. We forget how important it is to gather with God around His Word and with His people. We forget how important it is to live with wonder and set before ourselves the wonder of His love. So I'll close with this. I tell it every year. You thought a Christmas season was going to go by without me telling it, but I won't tell it again. If you came to Flat Rock Campground, some of them heard it there, but I don't see Jeff and Crystal. Where'd Jeff and Crystal go? (laughs) Anyway, it's the danger of thinking out loud while you're preaching. It was a regular day during Christmas season, and I pick up one of my kids from school. This is like kindergarten, first grade, and I'm getting them in the car, and I say to 
the kid. I says, uh, son, how did uh, how'd the Christmas party go? He said, dad, it was terrible. I says, what do you mean? He said, the worst kid in the class got the best gift of all. If you interviewed the Apostle Paul, he would have raised his hand and he would have said, the reason I wrote what I wrote in Ephesians chapter 3 about the height, the breadth, the width of God's love is because Paul knew murderer, hater, he called himself the chief of sinners. And God in his grace had given him the wonder of the greatest gift of all. And if you're a Christian, that's the wonder of wonders that you need to hear and see and feel daily when everything and everybody's jamming you up and you don't know that you can take it anymore. You go back to the gospel and there's something in you that no person and no thing can ever take away. That's the gift of Christ and the gift of salvation. That's what we have for daily life. That's what we have. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your encouragement that's in your word. Oh, it's not just hope, peace, love, and joy four Sundays in December, but it's for January, February, March. It's for spring. It's for summer. It's for fall. And it's for the winter of life when things are cold and difficult and lonely. You're wonderful. Thank you for giving me the privilege and luxury of preaching the gospel. I pray that all of us would have a sense that that is each person's assignment on a daily basis. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hey, let's stand and sing. My Jesus, I love thee.
we're going to close with singing, Go Tell It on the Mountain. Go tell it on the mountain.